1: Welcome to Argyle Chat, the weekly Argyle podcast brought to you by Plymouth Live Sports Desk.
2: Hello and welcome to Argyle Chat. I'm Stuart James, and joining me this week are our podcast regulars Chris Errington and Jack Ball, both braving the elements to join me. Hey, chaps.
1: It is very windy out there, and you might be able to hear it a bit on the podcast. We'll try our best to talk over the wind, but
2: yeah, we're not the wind very. Loads of it is quite strong, isn't it? We're up high in this building at uh, Herald Towers, so uh, yeah,
0: we're not far from from the host, Stuart, are we? And uh, yeah, the, the building's taking a bit of a buffeting this morning. So uh, there's been a few car alarms going <laughs> for the bar as well, yeah. so You never yeah. know what you might hear today. Absolutely, yeah.
2: Right, before we get started, um, there are a few changes to the timings of when we will be releasing the podcast in the future. Uh, Episodes will now go out on a Tuesday, unless there is a game on that night. If that is the case, we're going to release the podcast on a Wednesday. We hope to bring you more interviews, have more guests and introduce some segments to the show. Um, Now it's Christmas next week and with the new year and with games coming up and our working schedules taken into consideration as well, the next episode of the podcast will not come out until Tuesday, January the 8th. Finally, um, just to say, we're always happy for feedback. So if you have any questions for us or any suggestions of things you would like to be done on the podcast, please do get in touch. You can do that by message, messaging us on Facebook or tweeting us at, at HeraldPAFC PAFC. Or you can message Jack or Chris on Twitter. Their accounts are at Jack First and at Chris Errington One. We make this for you, so I'm always happy to hear your thoughts. Got through that quite well. I did, Jack. They're your words, Jack. So, um, yeah, conditions quite that long. It's (laughs) the terms and conditions at the end of the uh, thing. Yeah, exactly. It's the bit that no one listens to. And just on
0: their Twitter (laughs) accounts, at Jack First, Jack for some reason hasn't got a C in his name. Yeah, J A K. So it's J A K F I R S T. Yeah. Okay, and Chris Errington won, figure one at the end of mine. Indeed. uh, Yeah, feel free to get in touch. Indeed. Right,
2: later on in today's episode, we're going to hear a bit from Truro City manager Lee Robinson. But first, um, Jack, you had a really interesting chat with Marvin Morgan last week, and I found some of his stuff fascinating i thought your pieces were excellent this week
1: yes it's good sometimes when you speak to someone and you know some people you speak to i'm sure you've both done this for a very long time you all have the same you speak to someone it is very much like an interview but some people it just feels like a natural chat and with Mar- marvin morgan it was one of those um there are a few things i wanted to speak to him about one of those was his view on racism in football um with given what's happened to raheem sterling and um Aubameyang of arsenal over the last few weeks it was fascinating to hear his his views on that and that bit's already gone up online so i'd um a, Suggest anyone that wants to hear about that Go online and and read about it Because it is an interesting piece I think Gives a good insight But I also spoke to him about the day he collapsed When training with Argyle A lot of Argyle fans will remember this Um, And here's just a bit of what he had to say about that
3: I woke up in the morning And I felt like I went out on a night out I've been out all night drinking I felt terrible I I felt shattered Mm. So knowing what happened Basically I had a seizure in my sleep Not knowing Wow. And um, normally when when you seizure, like in your sleep, nocturnal seizure, you bite your you bite your tongue. Um, there's, a, there, there's symptoms after to say that you had a seizure.
1: Yeah,
3: I had no symptoms. What to say? I had, except for me being really tired. Yeah. So I've come into training and I've seen the club um, doctor and um, Paul, and I said, "Look, mate, I don't feel right. I just really do, don't feel right." So they just think, "Look, you're coming down with flu." Like, it's probably best that you start training and see how you feel after. right? Like, yeah. And then, obviously, if you don't feel right, that's it. Go home um, and, obviously, stay home the next day because <coughs> we don't want everyone else catching it. Yeah. So I'm like, but I still felt okay to train. I just felt really tired. Yeah. So I'm training now. I'm um, about training, and I think we started doing, like, it was the lads that wasn't playing, and the youth team started getting involved with us. Okay. So we we're on the we're on the pitch, we're on the, um, uh, um, we're on the first team pitch, we're in the stadium, and we're playing the game. And I just couldn't move. Literally, I genuinely couldn't move. I thought I'm getting kids running away from me, and I'm like, oh, and it, it actually looks like I'm like not bothered, and I'm tossing off training.
1: Yeah.
3: And generally i was like oh, i don't know what's going on i went to the side to pour at pool i feel i'm burning up and i think i'm going to be sick and then bang that was the last thing i remember and then i wake up in the ambulance
1: so obviously a ter- terrifying moment in anybody's life that and i'll be writing about the rest of what marvin went through on that day and since then about his health on our website on wednesday so hopefully people will give that a read and a big thank you to Marvin for giving up an hour of his time to talk to me but yeah like he said Stuart it was a fascinating chat yeah great
2: stuff um, hmm. moving away from that then and on to Saturday's result Chris come to you mm-hmm. uh, it was a huge boost for Argyle you know they really needed a victory and to go away and do it against a team that's down there at the bottom as well a huge three points
0: it was because uh, Argyle went into that game seven points and four positions behind Rochdale in the table and if Rochdale had gone on and won that game there would have been a ten point gap between the two teams and, you know, at the midway point of the season, that's, you know, quite a sizeable difference. And if Argyle are to get themselves out of relegation trouble, they're going to need to perhaps finish above teams like Rochdale. So by winning on Saturday, closing the gap to four points uh, between them and um, Rochdale, they're two positions below them in the table. And uh, it's certainly tightened things up down towards the bottom end of the table. So, um, you know, whether it was a six-pointer or not, I don't know. But, yeah, clearly a very important result.
2: Yeah that luck was on our goal side wasn't it i mean the the, the winning goal was a complete freak <laughs> Have you ever seen anything like that before?
1: Well, you see, on I don't know if I've ever seen one in person. I've seen I've seen it on a TV a fair terms when the ball bounces over. I think there was, a, was there in England goal that was a bit similar to that once. Yeah, well, green wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, a, service, I think it was right. green. Yeah, was. I
2: remember the tiny one as well from years ago when when he was in goal for Manchester United. And Matt mm-hmm. Letizier's shot just sort of bounced, went over him, and ended up in the back of the net.
1: But yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a goal like that in person. Um, it was a weird thing because when it actually happened obviously there was all three goals came within the space of about seven minutes so I, you know for people that don't know my blog I do the blog for match day games and I'm typing away and half the time you're looking down at your screen and trying to work out what's going on trying to catch up from the two goals that have just gone in <laughs> I you
2: imagine know. when the ball has gone back you probably looked away and sort of thought oh no danger there yeah and then all
1: of a sudden there, was a, there wasn't even a <laughs> cheer it was all, no one really knew that the ball had gone in the net and I think Chris and Michael Dunford the chief executive who was there afterwards said that he thought he'd gone out for a corner so mm. no one really knew There was almost. It was probably only about two seconds, but it felt like a good ten seconds, where people were just silent and not really sort of trying to process what had yeah. just happened. But as you say, it's a bit of luck that Argyle needed, and they, you know, people often say that when you're down near the bottom of the table, you need that bit of luck, and it, and it and it and it went in Argyle's favour, and they managed to see the game out.
2: Yeah, Chris, you spoke about the uh, points gap as well. So psychologically, mm. it's such a big result, isn't
0: it? Uh, absolutely, um, and you know, to win a game in that fashion, yeah, was lucky. Um, but sometimes you do make your own luck and I think in that case when you look at the uh, the build-up to that goal um, Jamie Ness, the substitute in mm-hmm. the second half deserves an awful lot of credit for, for closing down Rochdale deep in their half now he, he hadn't been on the pitch that long but um, one of the Rochdale players had the ball quite close to his goal line Jamie Ness has closed him down forced him to play the ball inside and I remember as a kid and everyone remembers as a kid never play the ball across your own penalty area but Jamie Ness forced Rochdale to do that they played it into David Perkins and again Jamie Ness is flying in to make a challenge um, and Perkins has played the ball back and I don't, I've don't. i looked at it loads of times that replay I can't really see the ball take too much no. of a bobble I mean the, the keeper Josh Lewis has literally taken an air kick at it and um, and it's gone in. So I think Jamie Ness deserves a lot of credit for the, the two incidences of closing down where he could easily have just, you know, stood off and let Watchdale clear their lines. Um, and funny enough, I, I went up to Home Park on Tuesday morning to see Derek Adams. And as I was about to go in, Jamie Ness, you know, walked past, walked past me. and. Uh, I said, well done for, for the closing down on the, on the goal. And he says, yeah, I think I'm going to claim an assist for that. So, yeah. um, so I'm not sure he actually touched the ball, but by his sheer effort alone. And that just shows you, you know, sometimes yeah, you can, teams can bemoan their bad luck and things aren't going for us and all that sort of stuff. But it's that cliche, the harder I work, the luckier I get. And by Jamie Ness closing down, and even Ryan Taylor, you yeah. know, made the, yeah. um, was there to close down the keeper. By forcing... Or applying pressure on Rochdale it led to a very lucky goal but their efforts led to that so yeah. I think that was significant and a, a key lesson for Rochdale never pass back between the,
2: the, the goal posts you know yeah, it, I was always told if ever you're going to do a back pass do it away from goal absolutely with that risk absolutely so, so
0: you know it, it, it was it, it was lucky of course it was no one's pretending otherwise but um it wasn't just pure luck. There was, mm. you know, some, some effort from Argyle went in as well. Yeah, mm. uh,
2: great for Argyle as well to see
0: Gary Sawyer back in the team. Obviously, mm. he's been out
2: for um, quite a while. Uh, another big boost just before a hectic Christmas period. Yeah,
1: I think we spoke. Was it in last week's podcast the, about the need for a leader on the pitch? And Gary Sawyer came back into the team as centre back, which he did a few on a few occasions last season when Argyle were. Uh, hit by a load of injury spells as well and he, he, he did very well I've got to say he made a few really good tackles um, but more importantly than that I, th- I think he he was there to give leadership and guidance to the to the others around him and it certainly helped um, there were a few spells in the game where we so we Rochdale were applying quite a bit of pressure and they've got obviously one of the top goal scorers in Lee two and Ian Henderson and they have Cal- Calvin Andrews as well who's quite a quite a big unit and they dealt with him very well and it, it's a big boost to have him back over this period of time and I think going forward that could be a big difference and it, it takes a bit of pressure from January as well because undoubtedly that we, we know our goal need to make some defensive signings but with we've, we've Soi our back it also gives confidence to Ashley Smith-Brown to up his game and me and Chris both said that we thought he had a good game as well and Joe Rye did it right back so I think that's the impact that having Gary way back on the team brings it brought the best out of his teammates
2: yeah absolutely um, I was doing a piece on Sunday guys with um, just looking at what the reaction was up in Rochdale really and I came across this piece uh, Calvin Andrew did it was an official interview with the the, the club website up at Rochdale and he claimed that goals tactics didn't really work for them I just find it a really odd thing for someone to come out and say when their team have been beaten.
1: To be fair, I don't know if i disagree with it necessarily. I don't think Argo were at the best and I think had that goal not come in, and Chris is quite right, the pressure that Argo put on, that is what led to the goal. Yeah. But take the goal away. You know, the, the goalkeeper would kick that away. It would be 1-1 and things would look very different. Now that's not me being negative, but I sort of understand from a Rochdale perspective, from Calvin Andrew perspective, where he's coming from. I don't think Argo's tactics were particularly great. I don't think Rochdale's were. The weather was atrocious. Um, Chris did a bit of Gary's Sourcing it was one of the coldest games he'd ever been in. The wind was howling, the rain was hard, it was never going to be a pretty game. And, you know, if, any players that are looking to play good passing football would not be able to play in condition, you know, play their f- conditions like that. So I don't think it was a totally unreasonable point. I understand where it was coming from. Yeah.
0: Chris, did you? Um, it's a slightly, a slightly odd thing to say when you just got beaten, but, you know, things uh, sometimes get uh, taken out of context, so I, I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, I thought Argyle started the game well, they got on the front foot, mm. they had um, two or three opportunities quite early on in the game, so that set the tone, um, That there were some good blocks by the Rochdale defenders, Graham Kerry had a couple of decent opportunities early on, um, so I thought that was encouraging, Luke Jeffcott came into the team for his full debut, 18 um, year old, who's uh, showing good promise, mm. he's done well for Wales under 19s, and now he's got his first start. I thought when he went forward on the right-hand side, I thought he looked promising. Um, So I thought Argyle's tactics in the first half were were, were fine, to be honest. And I've said this to quite a few people, but with the amount of early goals that Argyle have conceded this season, any time they get to half-time at Mm -hmm. nil-nil, is is not a bad position for them to be in. Um, I did think that Rochdale stepped their game up in the second half. They put more pressure on Argyle. Um... And then Argyle did, I suppose, I think, score against the, the run of play a little bit. Some great play by Anthony Sarsavic. I'll tell you what, he put some yards in on, on Saturday to set up Joel Grant. Then Rochdale have got the equaliser and you're thinking, of oh, course, this is a long 12 minutes to hang on for a point. And uh, obviously the, the, the goal that we've just debated wins them the game. So um, I, I think Argyle's tactics, they, they, they've won the game. Matt Macy didn't have that many saves to make during the course of it, the, the team were a lot better defensively um, when you look how poor Arbell were at the back against Bradford the previous week to, to the, the sort of strength they showed admittedly you know Jan Songo and Gary Sawyer were at centre backs and, and they both made a contribution so yeah I can see where Calvin Andrews coming from but uh, you, know, you, you could argue that Rochdale for the amount of possession they had in the second half didn't really do an awful lot with it so it's well, you, say, you exactly. pays your money and takes your choice don't yeah, you I was gonna say, it's, it,
2: to me it sounds, it sounds like a classic Derek Adams away performance really soak up pressure and it seems on the counter-attack and, and get the goals when you can I
1: just think to a degree tactics go a bit out of the window it, when you have a yeah, of issues like that. like that you can keep your shape and I uh, mm. get all that but mm. the ball was so unpredictable mm. the wind was swirling around there was such heavy rain a bit like hail which would mm. Gary's always said so mm. in that
0: sense it, almost in minute one your tactics are sort of have to be adapted straight it's away it, it was a battle wasn't it Yeah, you've got to roll your sleeves up defend the penalty, your own penalty area you your life and when you get forward try and come up with some quality and um, you know, uh, certainly for the Argyle's first goal you know, Anthony Sarsavik's um, contribution to it was really important
2: Another player who's been impressing his manager is uh, Dan Rooney not a, a, well I suppose he is impressing Derek Adams with what he's doing down at Churro but he's really impressed um, Lee Robinson hasn't he The uh, midfielder in superb form scored another two goals in their 4-0 win over Western Supermare in the FA Vars on Saturday uh, Lee Robinson full of praise for him and Argyle fans said Argyle fans should be keeping a close eye on him how much is he, How much of a prospect is he, Joe? Well,
1: it's an interesting one because when you watch, and we'll talk more about under-23 games in a minute, but when you watch them in those types of you know, central league games, and there's only so much you can sort of draw from that. Mm. Um, I think me and Chris are both said sort of, There's definitely something there with Dan Rooney, but he's got to get to that stage now where he's getting competitive football. So I think going out and learning to Truro is a great thing. We've spoken on the podcast before. I think we've had guests that have spoken on the podcast before yeah. about the need for Argonne to try and get more players out on loan Um, and it's great that Rooney's got to take the chance you know that could be his one chance to impress you know you've seen players go on loan before and they haven't been able to make an impact and they don't come back into Derek Adams' thinking but he's in Derek Adams' mind now and that that is all he could do so I I think he's doing a superb job and yeah Lee Robinson was full of praise yeah well
2: let's just have a little listen to uh, what Lee Robinson has been saying about him
4: especially with them because obviously their reserves play in the um, in the south west peninsula do not they yeah, uh, which, um, you know, perhaps for them isn't the most competitive. It's, it's obviously a platform to play football, but, but it's, it's kind of, you know, um, I think a, a lot of them find it quite straight, quite straightforward. So, um, uh, so, you know, but, you know the, 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 this is a really strong league that we play in, and, and we sort of say for them if they can prove themselves in this league, then, then, you know, it's, it's not a huge step up to the league above and the league above that. So, you know, we, we are well aware that football league clubs really do Rate the, the the league that we play in, and, and yeah. they really do look at the players. And if they can perform at our league, that, that, that does really take them a long way into sort of getting, you know, getting to the first team. So, you know, um, being able to play in the in, in the Conference South is a real good shop window because um, it is a it is a real respected league in the eyes of the pro
1: clubs. And you look at the likes of I mean Isaac Fosel is a good example of someone that went to Cheltenham <coughs> and, and look where he's ended up. So that again, that must uh, be in the minds of certain players that they can you know really make it if they if they do well at that level.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It can, you know, if, if the worst happens and and young players do get released from these from these pro clubs, you know, it's not the end of the world anymore because you can take one step back to take two steps forward. You know, I i will be in you know being be an example of that. So, um, but yeah, that, that that again just backs up what I'm saying and that. You know, this league certainly in terms of the scouting that the pro clubs do now, you know, there are an awful lot of gems that pro clubs are picking out of this league now so it's it's a good good shop window for
2: players to be in yeah I find it's really interesting I find the whole situation of um, under 23s and players making that step from under twenty three to first team football really interesting especially for clubs down here Chris because we don't have the resources or or, or the other teams on our doorsteps do we so sending them out to teams like Truro, Dorchester Mm. you know other sort of national south teams is the only way to go really isn't it it,
0: it is really um, you know when you go to somewhere like Rochdale where we did on on Saturday and you know if, if you're at Rochdale and you need to be loaned out there's so many clubs mm. National League North Northern I mean take your pick you know you've, down here there are only really a handful of clubs that a league one club would really consider loaning their young players out to before you get too, to too lower level yeah. and then you're literally getting nothing out of it um, is it the perfect scenario that Argyle are in? No, but I think you never will be, partly because of the location. Um, so I think what they have tried to do, you know, they've, they've entered the team in the South West Peninsula League. Now, the standard of that is not great, but there are games for people to come play in when they come back from injury and what have you. They've got the Central League, which is a, is an improvement. You're playing against league clubs, but the standard of the opposition and the certainly the... Uh, the venues can be uh, a little bit iffy at times. They've entered the Premier League Cup this season. Now, that's definitely an, a step in the right direction. The likes of Dan Rooney and Jordan Bentley, who are on loan at Truro, have been playing in those games while on loan. Uh, Jack, as, as you know, went up to Aston Villa and saw them play at Villa Park against the good Aston mm-hmm. Villa side. You know, that's a great experience. It's not first-team football, but you're playing at first-team ground, at first-team stadium at a real top club. Um, but you cannot be playing on a Saturday for when three points are at stake. And that's where, if you can get a link going with the likes of Truro, and players can go there and play competitive football. They're there with a lot of ex-Argyle players. You know, most of the, or not most of, many of the Truro squad have got Argyle connections. Dan's brother Lewis is is there, of course. Mm -hmm. Tyler Harvey, River Allen, Jamie Richards. I'm going to forget someone, so I apologise, but you, you get the drift. Um... So, it, and, and particularly Dan, it's, it's perhaps a little bit more difficult for Jordan because he had a badly broken leg, so it's going to take him a while to really get up to speed. But by all accounts, it sounds as though Dan Rooney's doing really well. He scored four goals in the last two games. And he's making a case that, you know, I'm, I'm proved that I can do it at this level. And, you know, what do I do with him now going forward? Well, you and I had this
2: discussion earlier on in the office. You know, we're probably looking at him now taking that next step and playing in, in the National League. Mm. But then you look at the clubs nearby. And, mm. Apart from oldershot, I'm struggling to think of anyone...
0: within about 150 miles of Plymouth. And that's why, you know, he might need to to move away a little bit further. Um, uh, Like I said to you earlier in the podcast, uh, I saw Derek Adams on uh, this morning, Tuesday morning, and asked him about Dan Rooney. And um, he said that for him and Jordan Bentley, he's he's open to the idea of them both staying at Truro. Their loans um, end in January, and Truro would like to keep them. And he's open to the idea of that. But he wants to look at the possibility of loaning one or both of them out to the National League because it's a higher standard, it's closer to League One level they've both proved, certainly Dan Rooney's proved that you know he's done really well in National yeah. League South, you could mm. argue that Argo oh, now need to know, can he play at National League level and if he could go to a National League club and play well there then you're starting to think, well yeah, then he's coming into the thinking mm. for the first team squad, mm. so um, It's an important decision, I think, for for both of them, Dan in particular, because I agree with Jack, there's there's a player there, but his development now is absolutely crucial, and they need to make sure that whatever he does, he's getting a good amount of games at a good level in a good team, and so whatever decision that needs to be made, it, it needs to be a good one for him to then get to next summer... And for Derek Adams to look at him and think, you know what, I could see him being in my first-team squad next season.
2: Yeah, and for him to continue developing, of course, as it's, well.
0: It's, it's all about games. He's 19, yeah. you know, uh, Central League games, you know, aren't really going to cut it for him and things like that. He needs proper first-team football. And mm-hmm. if Argo could find him a National League club... That would be great It would be unfortunate For Truro Because clearly They've enjoyed Having him there And he's doing well And if he stays at Truro That's not a bad thing You know He'll continue playing games And hopefully scoring well But it's about Trying to move well. you I mean Bristol City Did it with, with Zach Viner last year Didn't he yeah. He came to Argyle In League One He did well at Argyle um, I'm sure Argyle Would have been happy Having back this season But yeah. he's gone up To the Championship With Rotherham It's progressing Your young players Keep them moving up The ladder Make sure they don't um, Stall in their development yeah
2: absolutely I
1: think it's sometimes good as well to, for players to move away from home I think sometimes you can get too much into a bubble yeah. in your local location look at Luke Young I think he, he maybe is an example of that I think sometimes it's, whilst progression on the pitch is obviously important there's no harm of someone moving
2: away and really have, bedding down and focusing on that because that is a big part of football now absolutely so one final thing then guys yeah. um, gull are at home to Accrington on Saturday can they, can they be out at the bottom for, for Christmas Jack it'd be nice wouldn't it it'd be a nice <laughs> early Christmas present for
1: us all I think um, it'd be interesting to see what sort of crowd we get, they get at um, Home Park obviously everyone knows December's an expensive month um, but it's the only home game until what the 1st of January mm-hmm. so the last home game this year you can't underestimate Accrington. I think John Coleman's done an absolutely incredible job at Actington, Yeah, you know, the fact that they Near the playoffs, so are they in the playoffs still? They've had a
2: bit of a, they've, yeah, they've dropped away a little, bit a, little away. a little, bit.
1: But who would expect them to have been there? Well, exactly. you know, I think know. everyone
2: expected them to be yeah. line at the bottom. Whatever mm-hmm.
1: any club in this league argues about resource and finance, I think Atkinson can probably trump them. Mm. Um, so it's, it's not going to be an easy test. Uh, they lost three nil, didn't they, at the weekend? Mm. Um, so maybe it's a good time to play Atkinson. You know, if, if Argyle can keep Atkinson out, and you know, like Chris said earlier on, if they go at the break of 0 nil, then I think that would be a good step and. Uh, look they, if they can win even if they're in the bottom four still at Christmas if they can win then they're going to be close and that's important mm.
2: I just think with accrington maybe you know they've kind of ridden that crest of a wave off the back of promotion last year maybe it's getting to that stage now where you know having to get wins week in week out is just starting to catch up with them
1: and also they were was it was at Southend they were away to South End at the weekend now they're away yeah. to Argyle yeah. on, on this Saturday there's a lot of travelling for two, them so yeah, there could be a bit of tiredness in their legs that Argyle could take advantage of and I'm sure we you know Derek is a meticulous He'll, He that wouldn't have gone
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can't underestimate what John Coleman's done to get them out of the League Two, and then to get them in, high up in League One at the start of this season is is, a, is an awesome achievement. So I would I would never uh, underestimate um, what he and his team are capable of. But if Argyle can um, play with the same sort of attacking um, style that they have done in recent home games, and tighten up that defence, and you know, on, as we sit here now, you wouldn't be surprised if Songa and Sawyer started as a centre back pairing um for that game because they did so well at uh, Rochdale you know if, if you can keep that defense tight with the likes of you know Joel Grant now four goals in 10 games for Argyle he's in a good run of form that opposed having a good season although he didn't have such a good game at, at Rochdale you know Carey's you know been a little bit better recently there's I think there's goals in that Argyle team but it's keeping them out that is the most important thing you know and uh you know, if they can keep a clean sheet on Saturday, I'd be you know, pretty confident they'd, they'd win the game. Can they be out of the bottom four? Well, they can. Um, I think, if I remember rightly, Bradford are uh, playing Scunthorpe on Saturday. So for, if Bradford win that game uh, and Argyle win, then, then mathematically they'll go above Scunthorpe and be out of the bottom four. And you know, it would be 23 games into the season, 23 games to go, the midway point of the season and it would be a good boost for everyone at the club to, to get above that line that's started appearing in the tables now, hasn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. You get to this stage of the season, and that line's there, and you, when you're down the bottom of the table, you definitely want to be above it. So, yeah, a, a, an important game, last one, as Jack says, before, uh, before Christmas.
2: Indeed. Well, chaps, thanks ever so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for bringing the
0: weather back from the, Rochdale. I
1: was
2: going to say, hold <laughs> on for the wind. It's it, it, it yeah. just a bit like a wind winter, a winter halfway through that, so Chris,
0: you to carry on talking about. It, it sounds that. like we are recording this in a tent in the South Pole or something it's like done, that. The wind is absolutely howling today.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed. Right, well, just uh, one final thing, just yeah. to wish every member of the Green Army that listens a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New mm, Year. year.